everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-hosts, Brennan McCullough and Matt Basta. How are you guys? Hey there, Doug. Hey, We're doing good. Uh, I guess Basta's speaking on my behalf now. Uh, we're a couple now. Uh, we're married. Oh. Yeah. It, we're, we're a video game couple, as it turns mm-hmm. out. Uh, we just play a couple NPCs in a video game. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, the shopkeeps. <laughs> he does the finances, I do the inventory. Yeah, the company that, that Bren works for, uh, they, they just needed, like, some some in-game married characters. And you're like, Podcast? Hey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, we can talk yeah. about Pinecast. We got a lot of shit going on. Oh, but there's a lot to catch up on. I feel like this is a video recording. game podcast, though. <laughs> God damn it! This is a video game podcast that slowly morphed into a corporate shilling podcast. Buy our yeah. shit. Yeah, this yeah. show's all over the place. I have some interesting yeah. news. Um, but when are we gonna we- get Pinecast merchandise? Hats and like mugs. Actually, I I'm seriously considered doing that as soon as I get the uh, business credit card all sorted out. I mean, we could. There's what Zazzle.com, Redbubble. Like, there's websites that we actually can make your. Actually, let me just quick quickly interject. When I say that, I don't mean that like I'm deeply in debt with the the credit card. It means I, <laughs> oh, I, I need to set one up. <laughs> sure. Turns there's a, out there's uh, a bank account. Been using a bank account. Been using my own credit card. Time time to get like a corporate credit card going. Um, I, I, I have not fucked up a credit card just for the record. <laughs> Turns out, uh, charging everyone $5 a pop for their service. Um, not a big money making, uh, venture, not a big capital venture. There. We're deeply in debt. Yeah. That sucks. No, we're not. Uh, we're actually not. <laughs> we're not. No, Full that's disclosure. Good. We're that not. Cause it's actually a company podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're comedy and video games. Um, mm. What's here from Basta? Because I'm sure you don't have that many games to talk about. Well, I'm I'm sort of pressing up against the limits of Colony Survival. Um, I, I think I've mentioned in the past a few games where they're very, very fun until you get to the sort of point where they haven't added more content. Like the game continues, but it it doesn't change in any way right like the mechanics just get harder and it it just scales up linearly there's nothing new to do and so something that i found in watching other people play it i'm trying to see what happens with them it's it's as if the developers just haven't gotten that far yet like you get to a point where now you're doing like this weird meta game it's like okay i want to have x number of people right because that's the only sort of thing that you can develop over time And in order to do that, it's like, all right, well, I need a place to put all the beds. So how do you like, do you build up? Do you build down? Do you scale outwards? Um, And then like sort of working around the bugs in the game and trying to be productive. It's interesting. There are definitely aspects that remind me of early game Minecraft, where they kept adding things and you had been doing these weird and wacky things just to accomplish really basic stuff. So Uh, I think an example I was telling a friend about the other day was back in the day when you were building a minecart system in Minecraft, you had to like do these ridiculous things, like have two carts glitch against each other and then like balance a stack of carts on top of a door and then like activate it all with redstone and, and like through this chain of like glitches and, and doors opening and closing, you could like create a, a way to like get around in the game. Um, and then they added powered rails and all of that disappeared. And like, 
people played it to the limits of power of rails. And it was like, okay, well, how do we go even faster? You know, and then somebody figured out, oh, well, if you put a, a bunch of, <laughs> you put down thousands and thousands of minecarts and then just hold right click, you'll just jump from minecart to minecart and then you'll like speed across the map. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so it, you get to that point where you push against the edge of what the developers had thought up. And I don't want to say it gets less fun. It's just different and weird and sort of tiring. Sounds like less fun to me. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is a quite fun game. And if you're playing it for sort of the tower defense aspects, there's always stuff happening, right? Like as you're building outwards and building upwards and, and scaling out, like the game still goes on, right? Like it, it doesn't end. You haven't automated your way out of it. It's just there's more things to worry about. So, you know, if that's your cup of tea, uh, it's it's fine. Uh, what was what was the game that I had played? Um, Wait, the early game, access game. What game is this? Like, I feel like you just started oh, talking about no. it. He said Colony it Survival? Colony Survival, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, I thought it's that a, was just like the genre. Like, I didn't realize. Yeah, no, it's really confusingly it. named. <laughs> it sounds like it could be a genre. Oh, okay. Uh, what's the, what's the, uh, the game by the, the folks that made uh, Don't Starve, um, where you're, you're building a little world? Uh, Jesus, why oh, can't no, I think of the uh, name? Oxygen Not Included? Yes. There we go. The name That's just escaped me. Yeah, that seems like the perfect example of what you're talking about. Like, it's a fun game, but there's a very finite point to it where it's just like, and yeah. now you just have to continue existing. Like, you don't progress any well, further. Well, e- even still, it, it, like, that game actually um, suffers from a, a different problem, which is you run out of resources, right? Like, there's a finite number oh, of yeah. resources that you can access reasonably, and eventually it all goes away, right? So it, in that regard, it's not quite so simple because you don't reach this point of equilibrium. But I, I think it's sort of at the same point in terms of development where it's like, and you've played out all of the things that the developers have intended you to play. And now you're just left pressing up against this wall where, you know, things are only getting harder by nature of the fact that you're playing the game more. Mm-hmm. Well, ex- Oxygen Not Included is still in early access, too. So I, I think you know, it's a very reasonable yeah, ab- uh, point absolutely. saying like the devs aren't done yet. So, yeah. yeah. I, I'm still having a good time. Um, one thing that I've I, I've often wondered is whether we've entered this sort of post-quality universe with with regard to games, where we've started to see like the beginning of the bell curve um, of the games that are doing this, where the tooling to create games is of such a high standard that anybody can go in and quickly start to build a first-person shooter, right? Like, we have Unity, and we have all this amazing shit for building video games and all of these tools, and they've, they've brought it down to such a level that anybody can go in and start their own first-person shooter or their own voxel-based game or whatever. Yeah. And it's really easy to add new content, but it's really hard to get it right, you know? And the art of game design and balancing the game and figuring out new mechanics and coming up with interesting new ideas is far harder than actually taking an idea that you already know how to build and building it. And so when you see games like seven days to die, where they've spent all these years adding content and they have this elaborate electricity system and God knows whatever else, but the game is so horribly and ridiculously unbalanced that it's almost laughable. Um, I don't see any other explanation for that, but quite honestly, like how do you, how do we get to this point? 
it's the quality versus quantity argument. Like, if a guy told me he finished a 200 million piece puzzle over the course of like 15 years, it's like, congrats, you wasted 15 years. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to, it was an accomplishment, but it's not a good accomplishment. I'm not going to, you know, inspire to do that. And same with games. Like, it's same with series, same with anything, really. There's a, there's a difference between just making something and making something good. And I think even in like TV shows and movies now, because they're franchising the shit out of them, making them trilogies and massive uh, expansions to them, that having a finite end to something also can make it good. Like one of my favorite series is good because it just ends. Like it has a definitive endpoint, and they didn't just keep, you know, making a remake of it or a sequel of it like 20 years later or keep adding to it. And I think with these games, it's, it's very slippery slope to go down, especially for new developers who are, you know, this is their first game or this is an early game of theirs. And they don't really know that. They just keep pumping out more content to keep the fans they already have and not attract any new fans because no one, no one's jumping into seven days to die now after however many years. Right. Like all the new content and updates are to keep the fans that are still there. And at that point, like it, you know, Stockholm syndrome sits in, like you're going to stay no matter what, or you're going to leave no matter what. Like it doesn't matter what the devs do at this point. This sort of reaches back to a, a, a topic that we had uh, the last time I was on, which is the the new Harry Potter books. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, did we talk about at, that last time? Yep, we did. At, at this point, there's no new Harry Potter fans, right? Like they're yeah. going to put out these books, and nobody's going to be like, oh, I've always wondered what that Harry Potter's about. Like it's just not going to happen. Those We're people in don't post exist. Harry Potter world, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, these games have sort of run into an interesting problem when they when they've been around for so long. Um, I obviously like Colony Survival is still fairly new. Is it? I kind of, I kind of attribute to the like real time strategy games, just without war. Like it's like StarCraft or something or Red Alert, but without fighting another army. But you're trying to keep that army sustained. Um, or similar, at least. Like, yeah, yeah, well, it, I mean, it's it's very much a tower defense game, right? Like it plays that as too, a tower yeah. defense game. Um, but what's interesting is that it is you know, fully uh, um, voxel-based. And so it's got the the sort of customizable, you know, building concept that that like Minecraft has and, and other similar games. But you are space and resource constrained. And at the same time, you need to do this tower defense game, right? So at, at its core, it's a tower defense game. But then it's very much, uh, um, I don't want to say a resource management game, but like, like I mentioned, in order to have a person, you need to have the food to feed that person. You need to have a bed for that person to sleep in. And so where does the bed go, right? So, okay, now I need to build a building to put the bed in, right? And now, now you're building buildings. And then it, 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 it turns into, well, you know, I need more fields so I can get more people. And, you know, I need archers and the archers need arrows and the arrows need iron. And so there's, there's this resource management game, but then also you, you have to make sure you figure out uh, how to, anyway, I'm, I'm rambling at this point. How about, how about you, Bren? What did you play? <laughs> oh, uh, mm, I don't want this ball in my court. Uh, hey, Doug, what's going on with you? <laughs> um, I got no. stuff. Uh, I, I just haven't been playing too much lately. Cause I, I don't know. Uh, Guilty Gear I'm trying to get better at. I started trying to play Eno for anyone who's a Guilty Gear player. And uh, it's tough. I really suck at that game. <laughs> but uh, trying to learn a new character really fucks things up because it it's with some fighting games, it has to be so quick and reflexive that it's like muscle memory with certain characters. So to learn a new character, you have to like unlearn all the combos that you've like grinded into your own brain. What else? Blood Bowl 2. Uh, there's a limited, uh, 
well, or no, not limited, a uh, legendary edition of Blood Bowl 2 coming out, where it's like a massive expansion pack for it, where it's like five new classes, and I think there's new skill or five new races, and I think there's new skills and stuff. And uh, they had an open beta for it for anyone who has Blood Bowl 2. You could do the legendary edition, which was last week, I think. Doesn't matter, it's over now. I got about two matches into that, and I nearly broke my mouse in half, and I uninstalled it immediately. Like, I didn't, I, <laughs> if you haven't played, for anyone that doesn't know, it's uh, eight turns. Salt. Oh, so much. It's eight turns in the first half, and then eight turns in the second half. I wasn't even at, like, turn six, and I just told the guy, I'm like, hey, you won, fuck this game, I'm done, and uninstalled it. Uh, for anyone who has played, let me just walk you through what happened in the game that fully triggered me beyond all reason. Uh, I was playing as the Amazons. They're just pretty, like, all well-rounded. Nothing super special about them. Uh, first, like, right off kickoff, like, right when they're at the line, uh, guy tackled one of my players and killed her instantly. Already dead. Uh, I don't have any replacements, so I can't sub anyone in. So now I'm just down <laughs> a guy. I revived her, and she got, uh, lost one armor point. So, like, one armor value. Which means she's now weaker than everyone else, and they're already weak to begin with. So she might as well still be dead. Yeah. Uh, Next round, like, next turn, uh, I got nowhere, because all my guys were so... When you get beat down, you have to stand them back up, so they couldn't, like, move much after that. Uh, once they all finally get back up, he hits another one of my characters, and it's a niggling injury, which means if they get hit again, it's, like, double the damage, pretty much. Like, anytime they get hurt again, it's even more so. Uh, and then, uh, he gets... What was it? The final straw was he gets a player all the way down to the end of the field, and it's the last turn, and he's just like, fuck it, like, Hail Mary pass, why not? Like, let's just go for it. Misses his player. Player doesn't catch it. Bounces in the square next to the player, then bounces to the player, and then they catch it, which they had a 1-6 in six chance of catching. And they caught it and got a touchdown instantly. And I just said, fuck everything. I am entirely done with that game. I am so mad. I'll probably play it again. But I'm not uh. getting the Legendary Edition. Like, that, I'm just... It just enraged me so much where I wasn't even, like, like screaming or anything, I was just like subsidently, like quiet in my own rage, and like I just needed a good like ten minutes of reflecting on what my life is, and it just, god damn it, that game just fucks you over. Oh man, well it's kind of relatable because I was one of the games I've been playing. I'll just briefly mention is Madden. I'm not going to go into it too deep, but one of the things it reminds me of your rage was uh, I was I was playing against the Eagles and I I was like sacking Bradford, and the thing is like. Obviously, the guy's getting sacked, and like the ball is <laughs> coming out of his hands. Oh Jesus! And the ball, <laughs> as the ball is coming out of his hands, like you see, like him going down, and it's like obviously like gonna be incomplete. But then, like I played it back in instant replay, and like frame by frame, this ball literally changes trajectory as it's going down, and just becomes a perfect spiral for a touchdown pass. And I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck is this game?" So I was like, "Well, you're definitely like rigged and trying to beat me." And I ended up winning anyway, so that made me feel good that I beat the rigged system. But like there, and that was just like one instance. There's like I even took videos of this with my phone because I was like, "This is just fucking ridiculous." So. I don't know, the game, sometimes games just are like, screw you, fuck physics, like, all of a sudden this ball is just going to be perfectly thrown. Well, I understand that, because, like, you know, you can't implement all real-world physics into every single game, like, it's, you know, insane. And I understand that, but it also, it kind of brings us back uh, to, we mentioned way back, you know, episodes ago, uh, XCOM 2, where the guy was able to reveal that the percentages they show in the game aren't actual percentages of hitting the characters. 
So like uh, in XCOM 2, if you hit somebody, the next time you you take a shot with a character, you have a 10% uh, lower chance of hitting them. But that's not shown. In, like It's hidden that you'll actually have a higher chance of missing. Or if you miss yeah. somebody, you'll have a 10% higher chance of hitting them. Like It's all hidden. And that's, I think, horseshit. I would be much rather if I saw the legitimate numbers and being like, okay, I can never have a 99% chance of hitting anything. The highest I can ever have is a 95% chance. But I would rather know that than think I have a 99% chance and miss it five times in a row and think that like I have the unluckiest streak in the world. Yeah. For games that do like pr- probability and statistics and percentages and dice rolls and like, coin flips and all that shit, like, I would rather know the exact odds I can actually get, win or lose. Instead of like, here's, kind of here's the thing that it comes down to though, right? Like it is, it, it, the publishers will do what benefits the publishers the most, right? And so it could be one of two things. It could mean you're either going to spend more money on the in-game currency, right? Or you're going to be a happier player. If there's no incentive for them to build a system like that, they won't build it because it's a pain in the ass. Who wants to build a, sh- a shitty system like that where there's like complicated things that, but are difficult to debug. None of these right? games have in-game currency. These are all like real games and not right. shitty mobile games. So, so what I'm saying then, it, it, the alternative is the makers of XCOM 2 sat down and they said, we're going to do some play testing on this and see how people like it. And they said, okay, well, people don't feel like they're hitting their enemies often enough. So when they miss, we're going to bump the chances of them hitting the next time, right? And under the hood in your brain, you're having this this psychological effect where it's like, oh, now I shot them and, I, you know, you get that dopamine rush, albeit probably a small one, right? <laughs> but if, if they can test it and it tests better, they're going to do it, right? Like as long as it doesn't unbalance the game and make it not fun in other ways. So another game that did this that people were very frustrated by because it was done poorly uh, was SimCity 5. So when EA put out SimCity 5, like there was all this fanfare and everybody was so excited for it. And it turned out the game was horseshit. Yep. <laughs> um, but one thing that when pe- that people started digging into the game, f- they would find is after a certain point, like it just sort of fudged the stats. Like they were like, oh yeah, after like a thousand people, we're just going to increase it exponentially instead of having it linearly. And the idea was like in real life, you know, people move into a city linearly. People don't like quadratically starting start moving in it just doesn't happen it takes years and years and years and years and years and years and years for cities to get as large as they are right you don't go from a village to a metropolis in like five irl hours right (laughs) it's it's absurd to think that and even like when you consider the in-game time so you start a city in SimCity and it's like 25 years later and you've gone from a population of four to a population of 150,000 like that would never happen in real life. You couldn't even build a building in the, in that amount of time, right? Like, it's out, it's outrageous. Um, so they do have to fudge it to some degree, but at the same time, like it it increases at such a ridiculous pace that people were like, "This can't be right. How is this happening?" But it goes to show that it tested poorly when they didn't do it, because otherwise they wouldn't have put it in. Well, I can understand that with the scale of SimCity, where it's so large. Like, do you, am I actually going to have to wait in real time to get to 100,000 people in my city? Like, no, that would take forever. This is just percentages. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just telling me the odds. I'm not even saying, like, I need 
if I get a 95%, I want to get that every single time. No, because I understand there's a 5% chance I don't get it, and that's fine. But I'd rather I can know... still understand why they would do it, though, right? Because I, if, I can understand. If they're not I just telling don't like you it. the actual number, right? Now, now you have this sort of metagame, which is, I hope I miss so that next time my odds of hitting are even better. But I don't hope right? I miss. Or, I hope I hit every single time. Like, that's the game. Right. But, the, but then, it, it, you know, if, if this is, like, published in front of you and it, it shows you, oh, yeah, now because uh, you missed last time, you have a 15% better chance of hitting this time, people are going to take advantage of that, right? And they will do things, perhaps, that put them at a disadvantage in the short term to get a benefit in the long term. And if you just sort of keep it hush-hush and don't tell the, the player, then... They just think that they're getting lucky or unlucky, right? But it's to, like in these games, it's to such a degree that it's no longer like, oh, I'm just unlucky. It's this game is sentient and has some sort of deep personal vendetta against me because of how frequently you're in lucky. Yeah. So, so now you've got this Oracle problem, right? Like you've, you've got this, this issue where it's like, yeah, the game is aware of how the game is going and is adjusting based on that, right? So it sort of makes the NPCs in the game a little bit less fair, perhaps, uh, as one example, or whatever. It, it, it's, it's as if the people that you're, you're fighting against are aware that it is a game and they're adjusting their, their play a little bit to compensate for or against the actions that you've taken, right? Like there's rules that you as a meat human in real life are perhaps not aware of that are determining your fate in this game. It sucks. I, I'll agree with you, but I, I think also, if it's done well and it's not done to an extreme, you know, having that little nudge, if I'm not aware of it, is perhaps a good thing, right? Like it makes the game a little more fun. It can be, but I'm saying these are extreme examples where it yeah. is systematically fucking you over. Continue, like the if these odds were legitimate, it would be like I calculated one of them in XCOM because I just got screwed over so much, and it was like. One in like thirty one thousand six hundred like seventy two or something like it was an astronomical amount if it was worth the actual odds, but they weren't because there were so many underlying factors hidden that the mm. player doesn't know about. Speaking of things that you don't know about, I bet somewhere like buried in the code, it like scans your Steam library, and it's like if you have any installation of bad rats, <laughs> we're gonna like triple your chances of it failing. Fine, I'll take that hit, but I want to know that that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm teasing. Well, one of the other problems that we start to come up against is that the game itself doesn't necessarily need to even know why, right? So we're going to quickly be entering a world where the percentage is not necessarily determined by a a specific algorithm, but perhaps like a neural network, right? You can't just like peer into a neural neural network and say like, oh, you know, this is going to be a 5% better chance that the outcome is whatever. It's based on whatever it was trained with. and it would whatever sort of like mushy fuzzy experiences this particular piece of machine learning has had and it, maybe it's not so clear whether you will have an advantage or a disadvantage on a particular thing and maybe we won't even have per, you know the percentages that they show you at all perhaps i mean i can understand that but I, once again to these specific examples i am talking about like that's not the case like there's no machine learning in these games and with blood bowl and blood bowl 2 it's a dice like it's one six-sided die or two six-sided dice or three at most and that's it so like it's not this crazy percentage where you can get this like 0.1333 repeating like percentage like no it's one in 18 or one out of six like at most so like it's just a 
Like, I would, I just want to know why I'm getting fucked over. Like, if you're going to bend me over a barrel and take me from behind, like, explain why. Is it because I'm cute? Is it because no. I trespass on your territory? <laughs> it's because I'm in Pulp Fiction and it's, uh, who was it? No, Michael. Where are we going with this? I don't yeah, know. It's because Lady Luck abandoned you. Um, moving on. I'm aware of that. <laughs> I look in the mirror every day. I know she's gone. Oh, man, but I want to know, like, I just want games to, like, tell me, even if they're like, oh, we hidden it because most players don't, like, don't care about those statistics or the, like, nitty gritty or whatever. It's like, well, then at least give me the option so I can see exactly why this has happened. Don't gamble, kids. Um, <laughs> any other games? Uh, played a bit of Gigantic. I mean, nothing, nothing new. The Legendary Edition was the newest thing. That's fair. Overwatch's summer event's going on, and they got a bunch of sweet skins and shit. That's more That's Overwatch cool. shit. Nice. Oh, Reaper, who I don't even play, has a fucking BMX skin, and it's funny as fuck. Because Reaper's just funny. dumb. Like, just make him as goofy as possible, and it's great. Is there an actual bike, or is it just, like, an outfit? It's just the outfit, but he's got, like, a, hel- a full helmet. He's got a cape on, um, and his two shotguns. On the top of them are handlebars for the bike, oh, and it like where the trigger is for the shotgun is a bell, like a little bike bell. Nice, it, it's <laughs> fantastic. I bought it immediately, and I don't even play Reaper. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've been playing some games. Uh, mainly, I got back into Crash Insane trilogy, and I beat the original Crash Bandicoot. I forget if I announced that on this podcast or not. Uh, pretty solid game, pretty difficult, uh, towards the end. And the cool thing is, yeah, I think I did mention this now that I'm saying it. Uh, I was able to get this DLC for the game entirely for free. It was just like, happened to be a weekend thing. It's like, you want the DLC? It's free. I was like, yeah, I was definitely going to play it anyway. It's like additional levels and stuff. And that's the thing. I haven't even gotten around to playing them. Um, but they're like extra challenging. I actually started one up and it was like at the bottom of every time it's loading, it'll give you a hint. And the hint was like, good luck, you're going to need it. I'm like, oh god. So <laughs> they, they, they definitely throw like some really challenging stuff at you for the DLC. It was only like going to be like 2 or $3, I think, but the fact that I was offered it for free was like, uh, definitely. Nice. Yeah, so Crash Bandicoot, the original, good game. I definitely think I'm once I finish all three of them, I'm going to say that that is the hardest one in this trilogy. Like That was the most challenging, because as I dived into Crash 2, uh, Cortex Strikes Back, Maybe it's also just nostalgic because this is the game that I remember as a kid 100%ing on PlayStation 1, and it was just a blast. And it's so cool playing it again and seeing it in remastered definition. Like, it's fantastic. Definitely challenging, but not nearly as challenging as the first. Like, I'm breezing through these levels, and that's the thing. So, in the first Crash Bandicoot, when you would navigate to like the map and you're going from like level to level, it was kind of like a topographic view of like the island that you're on and you'd go from like point A to point B to point C and like along like a linear path of where you're going. Um, in this game, you're kind of like captured by Cortex and he's like trying to convince Crash, like, if you gather these crystals for me, you're going to help me save the world. But also it, it also sounds like he's definitely tricking you. And there's like this other like weird guy, I forget his name, the, the nitro guy or whatever. Uh, he's like got like a buck tooth or something and he's bald and he's like a weird, a mad scientist. He's trying to blow up oh, uh, Cortex's uh, engage. Yes. He's trying to blow up Cortex's like space station or something. So I'm not sure who I'm going to like supposed to work with. Like the game, I played it so long ago. I forget how it, yeah, that's what I mean. They're like bad guys and they're like trying to manipulate uh crash. But then his sister like sometimes takes over like the communication device and is like, 
hacks the system and is like giving you help. But the point is, uh, you're captured by Cortex and he's got you in this like warped area where you can kind of like go from like level to level. And then there's like an elevator that takes you up and down. And each level you can get uh, like this purpley crystal, like a long crystal that it's just like the ones that he's after. If you beat the level by getting every single breakable box, there's a like white crystal you can get. And then um, on certain Speed levels, crystal, right? yeah, there's a, yeah, it's like a medallion or like some kind of talisman for when you do time trials or something. And I've yet to earn one of them. I, I only did a couple of stabs at that. Um, but then there's also like this special one that I don't even remember, and I wonder if they added it. But it's uh, if you specifically don't get any of the boxes, there's sometimes a crystal, and it's like, oh, uh, that's yeah. actually it, it's actually more challenging than you might think. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's real challenging because sometimes there's boxes that are the platform, like to get through, a, like over a gap, so you have to use them. So you have to figure out how to like, I think run, slide jump and then spin is like the furthest you can jump across dude it, yes it's actually slide jump like it and slide that's the jump. thing it's it's really um that i found that to be that mechanic to be so helpful and that wasn't in the first game so like as i'm playing too i really am back into like pro mode where i can like do a good slide jump high jump and like i, I you can add a spin onto it at the end but i'm not sure if it actually adds much distance to it but it could help but especially if you're going up against an enemy. But, and that's the thing. So there's all these like bonus areas and stuff, and even like a bonus area that wasn't a bonus area. So, uh, there's, I remember in all the crash games, there's certain levels where you're running towards the camera and like something's chasing you, whether it be like a stone rock, a fucking T Rex or something. A stone in the later, rock. Yep. A, a stone rock. What am I saying? Yeah. Like a wooden a boulder. tree. God damn it. It's, it's, a, it's a, <laughs> God, it's a boulder. Um, or in this case, it was like a giant polar bear. And, yeah. uh, as it's chasing you, it falls through like this wooden bridge. And if you jump into the wooden bridge, you think Crash would die, but it's actually like takes you to a whole nother area and like you can get all these boxes. And I'm sure if you get to the end of the level and are like, and it says like, oh, you miss all these boxes. You're like, Where, why did I miss them? It's because you have to jump in that hole. So, but the thing is, as you're loading that level, it says, hint, the polar bear makes an entrance for like a hidden area. So that that's how I figured that one out. So, but overall, having a real fun time with this, like blasting through it, I got past the first boss was Ripper Roo. Uh, just gotta <laughs> jump around and avoid him. He's like this crazy like bunny or some shit. Um, the next kangaroo. Oh, kangaroo. That's right. That makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, the, the next ones is uh, Komodo Brothers. Uh, they weren't that tough. There's just two Komodo dragons, a fat and a skinny one, throwing scimitars at you and shit. And then yeah. I'm currently up to Tiny the Tiger. And I once we're off the podcast, I'm going to take another go at that because I did die a few times. But that's just jumping around on platforms as they fall and avoiding him and stuff. So the bosses aren't even the real difficult thing in the game because you just usually they have small health bars and you just gotta figure out their pattern and try not to die um but the the in-between levels can get pretty rough but like i said I, certain levels i'd fly through get the purple level I, I one i actually took a picture i got all three crystals on my first attempt and i was like holy shit that felt good so like that gives me faith that i can really maybe plat platinum this one specifically but the first crash game is so goddamn tough and I'm really looking forward to getting to Warped. I just want to play them sequentially so I'm not just, like, screwing things up and, like, going out of order. Yeah, because I think the like there's, like, a belly slam ability, I think, in the second one that's not in the yes. first or something. Yep, exactly. like definitely. So, yeah, you don't want to learn the controls for one game and go back and realize it's not in that game. Oh, yeah, no. 
going from two or three to one, like that's what I did. I never really played one before that. So it, it was really a different experience and much more difficult. I realized with that game coming out, like everyone playing it or like talking about it, that I had a lot of Crash Bandicoot action figures as a kid. And I think I maybe had one of the games. Like, I don't know why I had so many like toys of it. And like, I think didn't even beat it maybe or just played it at my friend's house. I don't know. But something yeah, about no. those characters got me as a kid. It was a great franchise. I really do. It's like super nostalgic for me and I'm having a blast. So I, and that's the thing. Some, I overheard someone say like, Oh, can't believe they fooled people into paying $60 for that. I'm like, first of all, it was 40 and it's like a good deal. If you ask me 40 bucks for three remastered games that I'm having a good time with. So I'm good with it. Um, people have spent $60 on much worse games. Like, <laughs> That's this true. This is a pretty solid game. Oh, and speaking of games at good prices, uh, I was wa- wa- I've been watching lots of games on like Twitch and stuff, and uh, specifically Iffy Waddy Wave, a uh, former guest of the show. Uh, I think he was like episode one forty six or something. Uh, he's been doing lots of streaming of Splatoon two and uh, Lawbreakers. And mm. the thing is, like, I got my first taste of Splatoon. I think it looks cute and fun, but I'm not like sold that I need to go out and get a Switch right away just to play it. Um, yeah. but lawbreakers, I'm like, oh God, I need to like, I need to get this. And it's only $30 and it's for PC and PS4. Dude, I'm watching gameplay and it looks so good. What's your, I played, with it? I played the alpha of it and it sucked balls. Oh, what, what do you say? It looked great to me. Like I, it everything just, I watched in the gameplay was like, this is a game I want to play like high action, high speed action. Like it, it's very reminiscent of the old, like unreal tournament meets yeah. like overwatch. Mm, I don't know about Overwatch. Well, that's what people in chat but, were even saying. Yeah, I don't know about Overwatch either. I, people in people in chat were comparing Overwatch to Battleborn, and that's what killed. Well, that and a lot of other things killed Battleborn, but they weren't that similar. People compare Overwatch to everything now because it's. I think a that's why it it's a character-based first-person shooter team game, and yes. everything is compared to Overwatch because it's so successful and completely relevant, no matter what Basta says. Uh <laughs> so I I played Lawbreakers in the alpha. So granted, it's the alpha, and of course, there's a lot of broken stuff in it. But it just didn't even feel good. Like all the characters felt real heavy, and they're like, "Oh, there's a zero G like area in the map, so you can float around." It's like cool. Now I have to figure out if someone's shooting above me, behind me, below me, like around me, or every other possible angle in like a 3D environment because everyone's floating now. Yeah, as you opposed be to quick. as opposed to like Overwatch, if someone's shooting at you from above, there's only one character that can do that, so you can find them pretty easily. But in, like, Zero-G, I don't know where anything is. Like, it's super disorienting every time you go in there. I think they added new characters, so that might change things up a bit, because when I played, there was only four, and they just... The variations weren't enough. They just kind of varied between, like, a different type of automatic guns that were all still pretty similar, and then 1% of a rocket launcher. Like, that was it. Yeah, no, I think there's more now, but I'm not 100% sure on that. It sure seemed that way, at least. Yeah, uh, but if... If it's thirty dollars, I can definitely see that doing better. Like if they were going to charge full sixty dollars for that, no, I don't think that's worth it at all. That's what I mean. I, I think that's a good price. It, it was definitely going to help it more that it's at a lower price point. I still, having seen people play recently, I still don't enjoy it. I still don't think it'd be a fun game. I I think I was offered the beta too because I was in the alpha and I just didn't bother. But I feel like it's going to be a game where everyone's going to play for a hot week or two and then stop. Like arms. People don't play really arms anymore. That died off pretty quick. Yeah. But people were super excited before it came out. And it's like, well, it didn't have the staying power. Yeah. I just, and that's the thing. I don't know if I have any friends that would play it with me. So that would make it less that's, fun. So 
that's another thing. So a lot of people are saying like with games now, they're like, oh, it's great with friends. It's like that's not a valid argument because everything's great with friends. And if everything's not great with friends, you have shitty friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, like, there's plenty of stuff I would do with friends I would never do on my own, and it, that doesn't make it a valid. Like, I love the movie Scary Movie three because I saw it with friends. That movie sucks. That's a speaking, shitty movie. <laughs> speaking of friends, this is something I've been meaning to do more often. We're gonna try to be more we professional won't be your friends, here. Oh. No, no, we're gonna try to be more professional at almost better than silence. I want to do like a mid episode really? like plug. Really? I'm really? drinking right now. I'm just trying to tell our listener that if you have any friends, please let them know about our show. And if you enjoy our show, to go like subscribe and like check this shit out because I don't know. We we always tell you to do that at the end of the episode, and there's a solid chance you already hung up on this, and we're like, nope, I'm done, or like. Right around like minute thirty of. Wait, is that how people listen to podcasts these days? They hang up. They like call us. We have one eight hundred number. This is a phone call, and anybody who wants to speak up. Hello, yeah, this is almost better than silence at one eight hundred clocked. How can I help you? (laughs) I thought we were about to get visited by somebody. Like I don't know. Brent's We're about to get visited by Carrot Top, and he's going to come in to do an ad for one eight hundred C A L L A T T. But for real. Please tell your friends. That's a real fucking throwback. I don't know. That's what I mean. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> well, please tell your friends. If you tell your friends, Carrot Top will be on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we, we probably could. I can't imagine he's too busy these days. He's not. Huh. He's got nothing going on. Hey, he's listeners. If you stopped listening to the podcast at the end of it because you were sick of hearing us do plugs all the time at the very end, good news. We're doing them in the middle, so now you can't yeah. avoid them anymore. So That's fuck you. Tell your friends. Yeah. Just tell your friends. Um. It's a We're like every other <laughs> podcast where we have unskippable ads in the middle, beginning, and in the beginning middle. Like, fucking, oh. there's. Hey, God. we don't have any me. Should I do my podcast plug now? Yeah, uh, do the, What's uh, up with that? Run the ad for a podcast right now. <laughs> do you have a podcast? Are you salty about the podcast host that you currently use? Don't be a salty boy. Come use Pinecast. With Pinecast, you'll get podcast hosting made by podcasters for podcasters. With exceptional analytics, a tip jar, and a podcast website, you'll be up and running in minutes. Check us out at Pinecast.com, where you can use the offer code CARL for your first month free. That's CARL, C-A-R-L, for your first month on us. Pinecast, a good fucking podcast host. We're back. Did you enjoy that ad, listeners? <laughs> I mean, we should. All right, but then uh, that's all the games I've really been playing. I can't really think. Oh, there's uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up game related, and it's like this video I saw online. And it's nothing like super special, but it was uh, titled 10,000 Jedi versus 40,000 Spartans. And it's oh. using this game or software called Ultimate Epic Battle Simulator. And already, like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm sure one Jedi versus, like, a thousand, I don't know. I'm, I, it's many, it, Jedi many, suck. many Spartans, many Spartans. Like it's not a problem. So like having ten thousand Jedi is kind of overkill. And yeah, if you watch the video in full, like long story short, the Jedi win. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but that's yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Have that's you kind seen of Star expected. Wars? Jedi aren't that great. Like but a lot also, of them are idiots. Like Bassett pointed out, yeah, it's kind of uneventful. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if we if we boil sense. this down to a melee battle where there's no ranged weapons. And you pit a bunch of, you know, ancient civilized individuals against a far future individual with a laser sword. Yeah. 
it's, it's, you know, somebody there is at a very significant advantage. Yeah, well, and then it's the in Spartans, such large numbers, the simulator, like, they're just, like, pressing up against each other, and, like, oh. some are hacking at each other, and the rest yeah. are all just, like, up against each other. And honestly, looking at the Jedis, it's like a goddamn, like, laser light show rave thing going on, like, them, like, all together. And I'm surprised <laughs> yeah, they they're not, know like, how to hold those things still. Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised they're not cutting each other's arms off. I mean, yeah. it's it's a battle simulator, like, program. I wouldn't even call it a game. It's not accurate. Like, it's not going to be like... Listen, Bren. Oh, they're you're breaking my immersion. Like, There's a completely different, completely similar game and or, like, software, whatever you want to call it. It's called Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, so... And that one's kind of got, like, really, like, um, simplistic, like, little people, like, I, I almost want to say I'm, they look... They, yeah, they look like, uh, like super hot or something. Yeah, um, I think that one's supposed to be kind of more tongue in cheek, like sillier. I think this one's supposed to be like, what if the four hundred like Jedi's actually fought like a ten thousand Spartans or whatever? And it's like it just it just looks like cut cardboard characters like cut out of a magazine or something and like mm-hmm. shaking at each other because the frame rate drops immediately and it just it looks well, stupid. I can get the frame rate drop, but here's the here's the thing that bothered me about bad. this. And and, and this is, is this something a like the hot take. Bass hot take. If you want it to be, <laughs> everything from Bass is a Bass a hot take. Here's the thing: you could you could put a line five deep of Jedi's, right? Maybe a hundred, and the rest of them could just go. Get a latte. I don't know. I don't know what Jedi's do in the future. It, like, uh, they, if you watch this video, they're all just like pushing forward and glitching off of each other. Like, yeah. they're not actually doing anything, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just like yeah, Jedi's definitely have the advantage just with the Force alone and a lightsaber that can cut through literally anything from the Spartans, including the Spartans. But it's just mm-hmm. like, what is this for? Is this for like de- yeah. the newest uh, season of Deadliest Warrior, which is just stupid? Granted, it's always been stupid, but there was a point where I was drunk and watching it. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. But like now I, I just know. think it's disappointing that this, this game or, or whatever it is, uh, I'm assuming it's a game. I haven't, I've done I exactly zero research. I am entirely unprepared to talk about you this just in any meaningful way. You want to fight and then hit play and then watch it a fucking 20. Is that literally shitty. all it is? Pretty That's much, what it seems and, like. dude. That was like my well, like, biggest desire, then, yeah. though. Like as like a young kid, like when the Lord of the Rings, uh, Fellowship of the Ring came out, and I got the extended edition on DVD, and you watch the like, I don't know, countless hours of like back stuff that they had. I remember them showing like what a workshop, and they were like showing the battle s- uh, simulation of that first opening scene of that movie, where like you got all these elves and men working together to fight off against that like giant orc horde that's like defending Sauron and fucking Mordor and all that. And it was like a huge thing, and like they showed like the little animated people, and like back then at that point in my life, like I was like, that's mind blowing that they have like powerful enough computers to like render this stuff, and I like was so like enthusiastic and like intrigued by that, and I always thought to myself like I wish I could just boot up on my computer something where I could just load up all these people and have them go fight each other. I would literally watch it and think it's cool. Perhaps, perhaps this is a callback to what we talked about earlier, which is we've entered this realm of developer tooling for building video games that's so good that anybody can jump in and build something like this, where you're just animating a bunch of characters with pretty simplistic animations. Maybe you paid somebody on a Fiverr to do some 
to do some basic character modeling. And that's it. You know, like there's not much to it. It's, it's valuing quantity over quality and there's, there's no substance. That's the thing. And the uh, title of the YouTube video, it's like 10,000 Jedi versus 40,000 Spartans. Like, all right, that's a big number. Or it could just be 40 Spartans versus 10 Jedi. like, yeah, the same outcome. (laughs) That's why I never like, especially in games when they have like the future and there's like this currency, it's like you got earned 3.78 billion trillion space credits. It's like, or, you know, just like, Five bucks. Let's cut off those ten extra zeros because it just doesn't matter. Any like it means nothing. Why is space inflation so bad? I don't know. Why is the current U.S. inflation so bad? Now escalate that by like four hundred years. Well, I mean that's intentional. It would make the battle more interesting if it was just like more diverse. So it's like you got some archers in there, some stormtroopers, some fucking I don't know Batman, or even even if there was some variety Batman. to the combat, right? Like if, <laughs> if if there was some basic means of developing strategy among the the npcs that's what i mean or there's, if there's no tactics involved it's literally just yeah. mashing at each other so it's like a shitty simulation it's just a bunch of numbers it's not even a simulation <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like the um when you're at a hardcore concert and like they're the people are like let's do a wall of death and they're like the the band like calls <laughs> and they tell you guys to each get on sides of the room and like the the whole mosh pit just like splits the sides of the room and then they just like at the count of three or whenever this breakdown drops like everyone right. just like run at each other like an army and then they just start like like a terrible game of Red Rover. Yeah, it's exactly what. It, if there was like a simulator, like a concert simulator game, where it was just like from the point of the band, like on stage, and it was just five hundred like characters in the mosh pit, and that's all it was. It was just like the wall of death. Like, but it, they actually, since it was a smaller number, they can actually put more detail in. They can have like one guy fall down and get trampled by everyone else, and you can see him getting like trampled. I'm like, that I'd be more interested in than ten thousand Jedi's versus forty thousand Spartans. Yeah, watching my glasses get crushed. The problem that we start to run up against is that to do that in a video game is really, really hard, right? Yeah, good stuff is hard. You've got to get, like, ragdoll physics right that's able to transition smoothly into, like, a standing up position and, you know, correctly model how a a person moves through the air. You know, like, there's a lot of shit that has to happen. Yeah. You know, we can hardly get a fucking, you know, the the Honda Asimo What? What'd you call me? Oh. Yeah, you're an Asmo. Huh. Um, but like we we've had that robot for literally my entire life, like 20 years, and and it's like a fucking, I mean, weird that's... bubble boy kid with a giant backpack, and like it can <laughs> it it can go up steps, right? Like that's that's the extent to which we can get this shit to like work. Hey, as a former weird bubble boy kid with a big backpack, you can step off. Brent doesn't hey, have listen, backpacks. You didn't walk around in a spaceship. No, but I walked around like I had a shit in my pants. <laughs> but no i'm saying like that's a robot like that's something different like this is just a game and like yeah would that take work yeah because good stuff takes work i don't want some shitty guy to knock this out in his weekend and expect me to pay 50 bucks for a game it's like no fuck you put in the effort and you'll get rewarded or you might I not mean, it, my, my point is that like making a robot you know respond to physics and stand up is very similar to having you know, a ragdoll respond to physics and stand up, right? Like you've got to accurately model the forces involved. You've got to accurately model like how a, f- a foot pushes against the floor, right? Well, like, but for a robot, if you yeah, want to have the level of detail that you're talking about, it, it you can't, you literally can't just stitch together animations. Well, I don't, right? I don't want it to be a super realistic, like, oh my God, I can't tell if this is real life or if this is a video game. Like if it's a robot, you actually have to obey the laws of physics because it's in the real world. If it's a video game, it can be fucking whatever. You can put a zero G mode on there. Like, 
I just want more detail than this shitty program, whatever it is. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is detail in this case involves having that flexibility. Because if it's, if it's you know, five pre-programmed animations or 50 pre-programmed animations, you're going to notice, right? Yeah. Like if, it, if it's just what we have here with, with this ultimate battle, whatever, like you notice the patterns, right? You, you look at it and you can see the same things happening. And what's really fascinating is the human body is really great at identifying those five or 10 things or 50 things or a hundred things. But once you've seen it and you've seen how it works and, and you can look at the laws of how the game functions, it's like, all right, well, nobody's losing limbs. All right. So now you have to build the ability to lose limbs. All right. Well, now, you know, nobody ever falls over. So you build the ability for people to fall over. Oh, well, now nobody ever steps on anybody else. So now you have to build the ability for people to step on other people, right? I didn't put nearly this much thought into this idea of a video game. Like, I just thought this would be a cool <laughs> thing. And now you're tearing it point by point. It's like, dude, I don't fucking care. Yeah, wait, hold on. You <laughs> well, this I'm saying, like, to, to do it right is, is hard. It's well, hard yeah, as shit. To do anything right is hard. That's why it's the right way and not the easy way. Like, yeah. Now I just want someone to make a little simulator like this where it's like Neo versus all those Mr. Smiths, uh, and that'd be really fun. I'm but, sure there is one. Uh, yeah. If you can find it, listener, link me. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, is there any other news or anything you guys want to bring up before we maybe do stumpers or something? So just very quickly, we mentioned previously on the podcast how SoundCloud is having some troubles. <laughs> yeah, um, they are. That's right. So... Uh, something interesting happened today. They raised, uh, I think it's a hundred million dollars, um, in like an emergency funding round because they wouldn't be able to make it through the end of the year. Otherwise, honestly, like if, if I had to give my hot take, here's the actual hot take. I I still don't think they're going to come out of this in, in good shape. No. Or alive, right? Like, it, well, obviously the employees will be alive, but like, well, maybe not if they lose their jobs and can't feed their families. There's in, a in SoundCloud case, I don't know death what's squad. Happen. They're rounding people. <laughs> the Obama death panels are coming for SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> that's where they've been this whole time. That's they've, they've just been preying on on this poor audio company for years. Um, no, I mean, like, great, you've got a hundred million dollars and a bunch of staff that don't really have much direction, right? Like until you have a product direction and until you figured out how to charge people more money for the things that they're doing. And until you figured out how to actually make it a compelling subscription model, you can't charge people $2 a month and expect to pay your bills. You can't charge content creators 15 bucks a month to be able to upload unlimited content and then give them all these great features because guess what? Now you've painted yourself into a corner and you can't charge more money. Yeah. You got to like, charge them $5 a month, like pine cat. <laughs> it's it's just unrealistic for them to continue at the pace that they're going, right? Like, if you look at the type of content that's going up there, this is something that's very broken about SoundCloud. They mix two business models together. They've got their podcasting side, which is very popular. And podcasting, in essence, is lower quality audio that is relatively short and has the benefit of being infrequently accessed once it's gone out, right? It's, it's ephemeral. Within, what, two days of this episode going out, 100 people will have listened to it, 150, 200 people, however many, right? If you look at, you know, any two-day span a year and a half from now, there's going to be maybe like a 1% chance that anybody listened to it. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, it, it, nobody's going to be listening to this episode a year and a half from now, right? Very infrequent. 
and so they've got that but then they've also got two weeks yeah (laughs) yeah honestly and what you'll find is the other half of their business model is high fidelity audio and they charge by the duration rather than the amount the the number of bytes so what they've got is they're saying, okay, for free, you can upload three hours of audio. Well, guess what? If a DJ sits down and puts together a three-hour mix once a month at 320 kilobits per second MP3 files, that's a really friggin' big file, right? That's like gigabytes. And you're going to serve that over and over and over and over again until the end of time. It's not ephemeral. People are going to keep listening to it, especially if that artist gets popular. And so... Then you have their, uh, what is it, $10 a month plan? I don't know the exact numbers. Um, that lets you upload six hours of content and then $15 a month for unlimited content. Well, what's the incentive to get the $10 plan then if the fi- $15 plan is only an extra five bucks a month and you get unlimited, right? So then the problem that you run up against is, all right, well, I want to charge them more money. I want to charge them 50 bucks a month you know, to be able to do all these crazy things that we offer, you know? You can't just be like, all right, well, we're going to start charging you, you know, more than twice as much now. How do you, how do you make that a viable business? I don't know. I, I don't see them uh, being able to spend this $100 million effectively. They're going to have to keep laying people off. They're going to have to scale things down. They're going to have to cut features. They're going to definitely have to increase their prices. And I, I just don't know what they think is going to happen at this point, honestly. Well, it's funny. I've seen a handful of like very popular podcasts and networks that were utilizing SoundCloud, um, most notably Earwolf and Comedy Bang Bang and stuff. Like They've already migrated. A lot of the podcasts on that network, mm-hmm. if not all, have moved to Art19, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is kind of new, if you ask me. I don't think it's new. I I'm think not just- uncomfortable... I'm not uncomfortable saying that there are a lot of people moving to Pinecast, right? Like I, I've gotten numerous people messaging through the, the insight chat being like, Hey, I came here because uh, I'm worried about SoundCloud and, you know, had a whole bunch of questions and that's just the people that actually reached out. Yeah. I I can only imagine that there's a really good number of them that uh, are from SoundCloud that haven't messaged me. Um, I should find that out. I should ask. Dude. Well, I've been in a lot of podcasting groups and I'm pointing people there. Like every, there's so many people that are like, I'm brand new. I don't know what to do. Should I check out SoundCloud Podbean? And I always put Pinecast in the mix. And sometimes people Aww. are like, I'm going to check it out. Thanks bro. Yeah. Good to yeah. spread that. It, hey, it, the reason I'm promoting it is because I use it and I'm very proud and like, it's, it's exactly what I would want as a podcaster. And it's, so that's what I mean. I, if I didn't believe in the product, I wouldn't be like, yeah, just do it because my friend made it. Like, <laughs> I've had to do it. Just, just do it because I'm getting it for free. <laughs> just, do it. Yeah. Exactly. just do it and don't ask me questions about my account. Oh boy, there's oh. a lot of times where I've had to bite my own tongue, where it's just like, "Well, you're associated with Pinecast, like, why should I take your recommendation?" I'm like, "Listen here, you little fuck!" And I was like, "Hold on, it's like, don't give in." Jesus Christ. Well, I'll be honest. Somebody, somebody got really, uh, well, not really, but pretty snippy with me the other day. They had messaged me through the 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 chat, and they were. I think I, I pasted this to you guys. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you know, what value does Pinecast provide over SoundCloud? And I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of benefits. We're, uh, you know, dedicated to podcasting. We don't have other things sort of clogging up our business model. Um, it's built by podcasters for podcasters. Every single feature is designed uh, to help you do things. We've got a podcast website. We've got the tip jar, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they, they came back and they're like, you're not answering my question. Like everything that you've said, 
SoundCloud offers, except for the website and except for the tip jar and except for the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, what, what value does it provide? And I was like, how about they're laying off employees left, right, and center, and they don't really have a sustainable business model, you know, and all of our stuff is open source. And, you know, we're still growing and we're adding features. Pinecast isn't laying off employees because we don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hey. secret. Pinecast is built on slave labor. Don't tell anybody. Oh, God. Um, That's what open source means. Open source means that it it was built in a diamond mine in Nigeria. (laughs) Pretty much. But they chose to be in that diamond mine. It was their choice. Also known as interns. Well, is it time for Stumpers? Uh, (laughs) The one final thing I wanted to bring up, too, was also a a resource that I learned about called Restream.io. Apparently, if you're into streaming and like go, like live streaming on Twitch, YouTube, or any other service, Facebook even, this is like a one-stop shop where it's like you go live and it goes live to, to all of those platforms. So if that's of any interest to you, it's at least worth checking out. It, it piqued my interest because I am we do do a little Twitch streaming here, and it would be pretty Wait, cool to be able to... one second. You said doo-doo. God Continue. damn it. I, you do that every time. Every and time. It's excellent. You know, there's uh, a character damn. in uh, Witcher 3 named Doodoo, and yes, every yes, time yes. I hear the name, uh, I just I can't. I lose it just a little bit. That's are, are you getting sweet. into Witcher 3? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little. Just there a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Who who you want to bang? Who are you hoping Carol gets with? It's important, Doug. Ah. <sighs> You know, well, I don't think I'm really qualified to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll pair him up with Doodoo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's what nobody needs. <laughs> anyway, we're trying to be more professional. We got the show at an hour. Let's wrap it up there. All right, guys. See yeah. you later. Uh, shall we? Do you want to? Yeah. We can wrap it up. Or do, did you want to play stumpers or do you just want to wrap up? We can do stumpers. I got stumpers if you want stumpers. Oh, yeah. let's. I'm always good for a stumper. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Alright guys, it's time for some stumpers. Uh let's start our first stumper today uh with a, a good one. Uh this one comes <laughs> this one comes to us from the topic Philosophy of Everyday Life. Oh boy. Is money everything or is it not? Uh I mean if you look in a broad enough spectrum, everything is money, or it isn't. <laughs> that's, factually, that is correct. I Yeah, but I'm just going to say it is not, because it depends on what you think of everything. Are they saying, like, the meaning of life, or are they just do they just mean everything? Is the I mean, meaning of life money, or is it not? Or literally, is, literally everything in existence is yeah, either the money, universe. or it isn't. Well, that's what I mean. The universe <laughs> isn't money, so the answer is no. Yes, that's, it, that's one of the things that is not money. But then there's other things, like a lot of things, that are money. But the universe consists of everything. Like, it's synonymous. Yes. There's Every, a logic professor out there listening to this, and he has ripped his dick off. <laughs> <laughs> that's like everything in the universe is either a potato or it isn't. This, it, that is, in fact, the case. That is true. Um, 
It, what I'm, I'm going to just leave that one there. Here comes our next one. <laughs> just kidding. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I can't do anything with that. This one comes to us from the topic. Children. Uh-oh. Are poor kids physical stronger than rich kids? <laughs> Physically? Physical stronger. Uh, um, physical are poor stronger. kids physical stronger than rich kids? Both yes and no. Uh, poor kids have... They're scrappy. They're scrap kids. They uh, fend for themselves, and they gotta tear away their dinner from the rats that live in the basement alongside them. Uh, and then the weaker poor kids, who can't fight off their food from the rats, uh, are not stronger because they're weak. They can't beat a rat. So... Wait. No, rich kid. I the rich kids get the good nutrients, that good good stuff, and then the poor kids that good good dank food. Yeah, the, the, that dank old nutrient stuff. And the poor kids are eating trash. So like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they probably got disease. Yeah. Like all the all the rich kids are eating avocado toast and green juice smoothies. No, isn't that and, the poor kids because they can't afford houses? Well, I, I was going to say that the poor kids just eat like cardboard. Yeah, half a license plate and a boot. Wait, am I making kids a goat again? <laughs> oh no, that's a goat. That's a goat. Uh, wrong kind of it's kid. Also, wrong kind of kids. Also a kid. Yeah. T- yeah, for sure. Uh, are poor kids physical stronger, or is it not? Uh, all right, let's look at our own examples. Um, who did the we get? The answer is money. <laughs> the answer is money. <laughs> goat money. I'm Rutherford B. Crawfordson. Oh no. <laughs> We said money three times in a row, and he got summoned. <laughs> I heard you say rich kids. <laughs> yep, none here. No, uh, nope, none of us. We're uh, podcasters. We don't got no money. They have a football team? F- football team? What's this? Oh, oh I remember that. Um, <laughs> Oval team? What? Remember, Rutherford B. Crawfordson was buying up high school football teams. That's exactly That was, what that was, was where doing. his character came from. You know I repress these episodes the second we're done recording them. <laughs> mm, this is true. Um, no, are, I think, are poor I think kids physical stronger kids. than rich kids? No, the answer is no. We're all nerds. Who do we get beat up in school by? Do we get beat up by the rich kids or the poor kids? No, I got beat up by the punk kids because I was dating a cute girl. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, you dating a cute girl part. I totally believe you got beat up. Uh, is this like an Instagram no. thing? That's why... Wait, I, never mind. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh... I don't know. I feel like poor kids got nothing to lose, so they're willing to take those risks. So maybe they seem stronger because they're just willing to do the thing that other kids aren't. Do the rich kids um, end up getting like fancy gym memberships and like designer tank tops uh, because they have to look good for their Instagrams? Um, Or do the, the poor kids have to work harder in like warehouses and factories so that they can afford their Snapchat? <laughs> Please, sir, I must fold my Snapchat, or else I will be a dork. Uh, I think the rich kids de- definitely can get the memberships. I don't think they actually go to the gym or anything. Cause, I mean, as a kid, I sure as hell wasn't. They just get like bicep implants. Yeah, is what yeah. you're saying. They uh, get their head cut off and put onto a robotic body that's just spray tanned. So, blends are poor kids physical stronger than Martin Shkreli? <laughs> the fuck's Martin Shkreli? A rich kid? Uh, yeah, you remember he's that pharma bro that like increased the price of uh, oh, like I, AIDS medicine by uh, like four thousand yes. percent, and then like dude. bought the Wu Tang Clan album. I was hoping and, he was dead already, and I tried to forget his name. No, he got convicted for fraud. I mean, hopefully he'll be dead soon. Well, that's a good. boy can dream. Yeah, they're gonna do terrible things to him in prison. Mm, someone's gonna get that butt. Someone's oh, gonna God. get that butt. No, God damn it! Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of Martin Shkreli, here comes our next question. <laughs> Speaking of getting this butt. one, this one, com- 
<laughs> this one comes to us in the topic land. Why is there so much poverty in the land? <laughs> Why is there so much of your land in my poverty? And that's how Reese's <laughs> That's how Reese's was made. Um, why is there so much poverty in land? I tried drilling for oil. All my family's poverty. <laughs> you're panhandling in the river. Of course you're going to find poverty. <laughs> Fish ain't going to give you money. Stupid old man. It's because all the jobs left America. Hashtag MAGA. <laughs> Guess who's exporting all those fucking jobs and hiring immigrants not from this country? Fucking Trump. God damn it, Doug, you're cutting this out. I know. <laughs> I know. It was a joke. It's going to set so many people off. It's going to set us off. I don't care about the listeners. All um, the illegal immigrants are planting their illegal immigrant seeds. All the poverty. <laughs> the poverty in the fields. <laughs> I just imagine a dude, like a Mexican dude, jerking off into the dirt, and then like five kids are growing out of it. Like <laughs> both a metaphysical seed and a very physical seed. Jesus like fucking Christ. This, this is how. You said C. Doug is just cutting out this whole bit. I almost want to just leave it in and let the listeners know how terrible we really are. Oh, they they know. We'll earn that hashtag NSFW. You put put a picture of Thomas the Tank Engine getting buff-fucked on our website the last week. (laughs) They know how bad we are. Caboose-fucked. All right. Oh, God. (laughs) Clarence is a naughty train conductor. God damn. That is something to be ashamed of, but... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there so much poverty in the land? Because oh, um, the land's so spread out, and it's hard to find all those rich, valuable minerals all clumped together. Have you been playing Factorio? No, wait. I, I know why there's so much poverty in land, because the rich kids beat up all these poor kids, and now there's none left. <laughs> The, the rich kids bought all those fancy bendy straws and sucked all the uh, wealth out of the land. Wait, actually, that, that's counterintuitive to what I was suggesting, so my bad. The rich kids are physically stronger than the poor kids? Well, then, maybe yeah, maybe the poor kids are stronger, and that's what's going on. They're beating up the rich kids, and now there's are wait, 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 what if the poor kids beat up the land, took all the wealth from the land to make it poor, and now the poor kids are the rich kids because they took all the land's wealth? And, and then money's everything, so the rich kids win. Guys. Fucking full circle right there. Just full circle. Good game. So so and pleasing. Break. Here comes our final stumper for the episode. <laughs> I didn't even I don't even know what fucking topic this one came from because I just <laughs> took a screenshot of it. But you know what? It's it's fine. Um <laughs> this one comes to us. Let's say the topic is Dorito. Can a parrot eat a little piece of a Dorito? <laughs> <laughs> This is important. Uh, <laughs> like this, this is a very time-sensitive question. Can a parrot eat a little piece of a Dorito? Hey, uh, it's, it's not like important or anything. Like no, crazy. but uh, theoretically, like, would a parrot die if he ate a Dorito? Like, just you know, get back to me quick. Uh, dot emergency though. Just saying. Uh, oh my god, this is the same guy who asked if a cat can have soup. Soup. Oh my, this guy <laughs> should not have pets. And why is he not buying any of the appropriate pet food? <laughs> yeah, he's just giving him human food. Well, in speaking of which, I was going to save this for, like, after we were done with Stumpers, but I did get... I found a little baby mouse, and he wasn't doing so good, and he's all Don't give him Doritos! Well, that's what I mean, and I'm just nursing him back to the help with the help of my mom, and, like, it's it's so... He's so adorable. He's, like, literally an inch in, like, fucking diameter. I, that's not the right word, but... He's like, oh, <laughs> I, that's the thing, and I don't know if it's a His guy circumference or, is so cute! <laughs> I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, little mouse, but he's so cute, and I named him Carl, and I might name him something else if it's a girl, uh, but don't, yeah. 
Don't assume his gender, his or her, it's gender. I know, dog. that's the funny thing. I was like, in the year yeah, 2017, dog. what am I doing? Uh, but no, so yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. I'll keep the listeners updated on Carl, because he's literally just a little baby, and he's doing better, like, after a couple feedings, we have an eye drop thing, and yeah, doing good with some, like, milk and stuff. I also yeah. recently got a pet. It is four cockroaches, and I've had to kill them all, because oh, my roommate is out of town. Yeah! Living congrats. it up in LA, it's great. Congrats I love on killing it. him, though, because now you don't have to worry about him. Yeah, well, I guess congratulations. I have to worry about the roach poison I sprayed all over my apartment trying to kill him, because I don't know where it is anymore, and I'm pretty sure a lot of it seeped into my skin. Just don't lick the walls. Um, but yeah, I think uh, a parrot. You no, know I love eat, licking walls. I think a parrot can have some Doritos. They're a little spicy, but I don't think it's gonna. Well, yeah. Up. Now we get into the question: What flavor? Cool ranch. Well, so, of course, he, everyone. Hey, cool ranch. listen, I was just about to fucking tell you. So right. <laughs> there was a recently a change on Quora. Um, they got rid of this thing called question details, which is like the description bit. And so I didn't get a screenshot of that, but they've been moved to the comments. And the comments here include the Quora question details bot. Thank you, Quora question details bot. Uh, the question asker said, he looks like he really wants some. They are nacho cheese. <laughs> nacho cheese. Huh. No, I was thinking Cool Ranch. Uh, now it's another story. I was thinking 3D Dorito jalapenos. Because one of who wants those? Everybody. Literally everyone on the planet. Yeah, you're right. Everyone that, wants those back. I don't, think back. A parrot, I don't think a parrot can eat 3D Doritos because it's not a 3D parrot. Oh, it's a 2D parrot? Whoa. That adds a whole, whole new slew of questions. Uh, what, but could a parrot eat it if he can't comprehend the concept of multidimensional worlds? Like, can it comprehend This is a great a question. Dorito? I mean, this like, is the whole point of the question. Can a parrot eat a little piece of a Dorito? They didn't say, can a 3D parrot eat a little piece of a Dorito? Can my parrot cross into another dimension to eat a, a higher order Dorito? <laughs> a superior dimensional food snack. I'm going to say if it's an African gray parrot, it can, because those things live up to be like 47 and cantankerous as fuck. Those things get mean. Yeah, they're able to really slide through the fourth dimension. Yeah. Jesus. They've been to the fifth dimension, and that's why they're so cantankerous. They know what's going to happen, and they do not like it. <laughs> Doug, I feel like Jesus Doug is going to say something. <laughs> oh no, Doug no is just like you know what? I give up. This. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he can eat a Dorito. I don't think it's going to be bad, even if it is nacho cheese. Remember that one time when we were going to make ABTS more professional? Oh, whoops! Nope. Uh, <laughs> that's that like was before we put a picture of. That's a picture. That was before we put a picture of a container boxcar sodomizing a tank engine on our website. Uh, so yeah, we uh, no, that's not that happening anytime soon. Nah, I think this is what the listeners want. Let us know. If you <laughs> Do they? I think this is what the listeners <laughs> want. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Sorry about I'm that. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure that I'm sure it's fine. I'm. Sure <laughs> I, I no, I don't think it's fine. But I don't think any listeners are going to tell us otherwise. So we're going to continue on thinking it's fine. All right, listener. Well, if you enjoyed this week's stumper, uh, <laughs> stop to us, listeners. <laughs> please uh, go on Quora and find some questions that you think we should be answering. Um, you can send them to me at Matt Basta on Twitter. 
Um, Doug, do we actually check the ABTS Gmail account, or is that just like no, full of listener submissions? I check it frequently, and it's usually nothing but spam and stuff. So, like, it's <laughs> not a big deal. Send us your spam questions. And when I'm we'll, signing up uh, for like porn websites, I use the ABTS oh, Gmail account. It's your fault. That's what makes <laughs> sense. Uh, no, God damn it, Brandon. Uh, but no, you could also tweet at us at ABT Silence and all that. Uh, but yeah, ABT almost yeah. better than silence at gmail.com if you want to send us an email, like other yes. suggestions. Submit your own stumpers, and we will, in fact, actually read them on the show, uh, and and give it give it a fair shake. But we'll give it a real fair shake. Specifically, not Mark. No, Mark really? don't specifically don't not Mark. No, really? Mark Choi. We're not. You're not allowed to submit anything. Really? Anybody but Mark. Really try to stump us. Yeah, I please. mean, good luck because we're good at bullshitting. If you haven't noticed in the last hundred and ninety episodes of this fucking thing. Yeah. And when we can't bullshit, we'll invent a character like a delightful Austrian former Nazi. Uh, <laughs> or I'm sorry, old man who, that buys who, high school Whose character is this? The Napkin Nazi. From last time. Oh. oh. Never mind. It's I cool. thought you were saying Rutherford uh, B. Whatever. Rutherfordson is a Nazi. Oh, they this all is are. delightful uh, coding from Austria. Bastard Claws included. Um, anyway. are, we, are we all a bit of a Nazi deep down? No. Come on, Jesus. guys. We're all three white guys. We can all admit this. No, uh, that was an interesting episode, guys. Uh, Here's a stumper for you. When are we going to have a person of color on the air? Oh, wow. We have. <laughs> You're awful. Not for a while. No. Anyway, um, let's do some plugs. Where can listeners find you, Matt? You can find me on Twitter at Matt Bassa, uh, tweeting saltily about the end of the world uh, and nuclear holocaust, uh, or oh, yeah. working on Pinecast uh, at pinecast.com. Uh, if you want to start your own podcast, give it a give it a little try, give it a little shake, and uh, when you're ready for the good stuff, uh, it's five bucks a month. Um, get all sorts of juicy features like better analytics and higher limits on your tip jar, the ability to accept recurring tips, um, unlimited episodes, unlimited storage. Just, just the tip. Um, just the tip. To all of the tips. Just, just, just many tips. Um, just the tip and, of a lot of tips. And when you sign like up, use the coupon code uh, Carl. Uh, that's yeah, C-A-R-L for, for oh, your right. first month free. Yeah. Uh, no credit card required to sign up uh, for a free account. It, like, it, it's just so fucking good, guys. Like, I work so goddamn hard on this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a freaking masterpiece. I, I, I feel it. like we're real. Like, <laughs> no, you have up. no idea how little sleep I get. It's <laughs> Dude, no, you are. You do got lots of uh, people signing up and stuff. It's pretty wild. Um, Brent, how about you? Uh, ABTS Brent on Twitter. Uh, you can find my new podcast called Uh-oh. Cake Fingers, and we'll be delving into the world of the Great British Bake Off and what it feels like to stick your fingers into all those cakes that those chefs make. Oh, I actually I listened to your first episode with Buddy Velastro. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I got him on as a special guest, and we baked the cake on the episode. It's very boring to listen to, but then the second half we just start fingering all these foods, and you get to listen to all those sweet, sweet. Uh, mushy, moist noises. Um, so enjoy. Oh, that's uh, lovely. All my ASMR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has, it gets those yeah. tingles uh, in the back of your head and in the tip of your balls. Uh, so <laughs> listen, to cake fingers coming, cake fingers. coming to a uh, hosting service near you. 
Uh, it better be Pinecast, you bastard. I, uh, I, I, I will give you a free account on Pinecast to upload all those dank ASMR cake noises. Excellent. And listener, if you like our show, please give us a like and follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is ABT Silence. Uh, we Twitch stream every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I've been playing some Prey, Crash Insane Trilogy, uh, all sorts of random shit, Rocket League. So just come hang out and chat if that uh, meets your schedule. Um, also, we should try to stream more and like maybe see if other people on the podcast can stream like at like a regular time, but I'm not making any promises, but we'll try to see if yeah. that's possible, it's, but I'm not it's sure. Tough. Can, it's I gotta yeah. figure out a cooling system for my computer, because it's just a goddamn oven any game I play, so yeah. I'm like, just sweating to death in here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I work until like 7pm uh, Pacific Standard Time, so maybe I'll stream that's what I mean. So it's cool that we have people on each coast and maybe it'll broaden our audience and we can have more people tune in. And last time, a couple of times I did stream, there was people tuning in and it's, it's always a blast interacting with the community. So like I said, listener, hang out with us at Twitch, twitch.tv slash ABT silence. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, see you guys next time. Bye. I'll miss the cake fingers. <laughs>